Hi, and welcome to the Don't Mess With Our Kids podcast. My name is Jenny Donnelly, and I'm here with Shauna Danberg. We have an incredible guest today, but we want to point something out. And the purpose of this podcast is we have mama bears and dads and people all over the globe right now who are standing up and saying no more because the attack on our kids has gone way too far. And the hope of our nation is the future of these kids. And so we're stepping in the way of the things that are happening to tear them down. And we're asking you to join us in this effort. There is a grassroots movement rising up in America right now called Don't Mess With Our Kids. And a way to be involved is really what you're doing right now is you are coming into this podcast. We want you to share this. When you hear this story today, trust me, you are going to want to share this to as many people all over your socials. Trust me, you're going to be so fired up about this. And one thing I want to point out before we get into this story today is April 13th of 2024. That is a day we need you to mark on your calendar. We're asking you to not get married. We're asking you to not have a family reunion. We're asking everybody to shut it down because we want you to go to your state capital on that day, all 50 states, one day. And it's actually 51 locations because we are including Washington, D.C. On that day, we are going to pray. We will have fasted a couple days before we get into this, and we're going to take communion together on that day, but we're going to stand in our capitals, and we're going to say, don't mess with our kids. We're going to stand up for truth, and that is that God made male, God made female, and we love the family. God loves the family. We're going to stand in that truth in a godly, wonderful, loving, light way, but we want you there because the truth that we believe, and I believe that you believe it too, needs to be taken to the public square and we need to defend these kids and do everything we can to see the family preserved in this hour. I believe America has a great future, Shauna. I believe that God's not done with America, but I do believe he's calling on us to step in and do something about it. And our guest today is doing just that. He is using his voice and his heart and his testimony to literally annihilate the Goliath of homosexuality. And our guest today's name, his name is Angel Cologne. And I just say, hey, I think this guy has the fragrance of Christ all over him. He's originally from Massachusetts, but he now resides in Lawrenceville, Georgia. He's going to share a story today about surviving one of those devastating shootings that happened in our nation. All over the news. All over at Pulse Nightclub. He was involved in that. He's one of the 53 survivors. There were 49 people that were um, killed that day, unfortunately, tragically. Um, But it became the rescue mission that God chose to pull him out of the lifestyle of homosexuality. And today he's not just saved, delivered, and set free for himself. He is making sure that everybody everywhere that wants to be free of this um, torment, really, and of this spirit to take, to really steal their identity, he's making sure that all of them have a chance to be set free. So Angel, we're going to bring you on here. We are so excited that you're with us today. Thank you for being so generous with your time and your story. And I just kept seeing, you know, I just have to tell you when we were introducing you, I just kept seeing Goliath take a rock right to the forehead every time you spoke. And I know that today as you speak, Mm -hmm. that there are going to be some giants knocked down in the name of Jesus. In fact, I am hearing, man, I'm getting a lot of prophetic stuff right now. I'm hearing... Um, that some of the people listening today have come into this podcast because their grandmother and their mothers have been praying for them. And somehow they just made it to this podcast. They're going to hear your story and they're going to be set free. So I want to stop right here. I want to say thank you for being on here. And I don't want to talk much more. I really want you to tell us the story. How did God set you free? Angel, tell us your story. Yes. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on here. It's such an honor. What you guys are doing is amazing. Let me tell you guys, the prayers of a mother, the prayers of a father are one of the strongest prayers that there is. And to be honest, that's why I'm here today, because of those prayers. Those prayers are, they're just pillars in the kingdom and we need that. So I thank you guys. I honor you guys for doing what you're doing. It's special and it's so needed nowadays. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, And I, I, I love sharing my, my whole story because there's so many people that think that I just came to Jesus because I was scared after the shooting that happened, that that's the only reason 
scared or I have PTSD, when in reality, the Lord was tugging at my heart. The Lord was calling my name throughout my whole gay lifestyle. And so many mm. people don't know that. So that's why I love to share like, in reality, how I grew up and why I already knew Jesus um, throughout my gay lifestyle. I was born and raised in church. I was um, raised Pentecostal. So you already know it was fire. And I loved seeing the hairs and the running around and the tongues and all that. That's how I grew up. And I loved it already as a kid. I remember being five years old and I would cry if they tell me to go to the back because the, uh, the Holy Spirit was moving. I'm like, no, leave me here. I want to be here. <laughs> so I, I've been like that ever since I was a, a child. And, you know, I could see why the enemy was already trying to attack me at a young age already. Uh, I remember at that, at that age, at five, I had thoughts already of being attracted to other boys and nothing had happened and I couldn't understand why I was starting to have these attractions. But again, I, I love to talk to parents because, because of their prayers and because of the way that they brought me up and they instruct me in the word of God and they already shared the word of God with me at a young age. I already knew who to pray to. I already knew what to say. I already knew who to call on. I remember at that age, I would talk to Jesus and be like, there's something wrong. <laughs> this is, I know this isn't right. I know this is because of the way that my parents instruct me in the word of God. And especially nowadays, they know, they know and they are starting to understand what they hear and what they see at that young age. And I think it's very critical for parents to start opening up, even if they're young. Like they're seeing these things already. They're seeing these things on TV. They're seeing these things on social media. And they know, they're starting to learn and know what it really means to be in this wow. lifestyle. It's, it's, it's important. Like, and I, 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 I try to say this as much as I can to tell the parents to open up already to your young yep. kids. It's yep. needed. It's very critical. Well, don't um, you think that that's part of helping the child just bring it into the light because that shame yeah. and the secrecy, right? Um, one of our pastors says that secret separates. And he came out of a pornography addiction, got free of that. Mm -hmm. But he said, you know, keeping that secret since he was eight years old really became the prison, right, yeah. to keep us in. So what I'm hearing you say is parents talk to their kids, talk, talk to them, bring it up. Talk mm -hmm. about sexuality. Talk about, you know, how do you feel about yourself? How do you feel about attraction? Other people tell me about that. Now, yeah. did you feel as a child that you had anybody that you could share that with? Uh, like, how did you feel as a child with that? Was that something that was just a secret you kept and you were just praying, God, please help me? Or how did that go for you? Yeah. You know, as I, as I grew, I was scared to share, you know, at that, at that time, like there was no openness. In, in the church, to be honest, you can't really share. Okay, this is how I feel, and and just have someone go with you. And and in reality, like all I heard throughout my years uh, in in the church as I was young was if they did talk about this, it was a quick. You're going to hell. Either oh, wow. fix yourself real quick, or this is the route that you're going, and that's it. There was no okay. in between. When in reality, we need people to tell people, hey, I want to journey with you in this. I know there it's not going to be easy. I know it's going to be hard, but we are here for you as a family. And those are the things that I needed throughout those years that I started to struggle more and more in this, you know. And the thing is, because there's so many parents, you know, that that come to me and they're like, well, I, I'm starting to see it in the church. And and there's men coming in uh, um, in dresses. I don't want to bring my kids. And in, in reality, I mean, first of all, that is a perfect place for them to be is in the house of the Lord. Yeah. Mm -hmm. let, them I agree let them come in because the thing is we need to teach our children already these people they're not bad people they're beautiful mm -hmm. people right. that we have to right. love yes the way that they're living is not right in the eyes of the lord but we need to be there to show them who jesus is what other way are we going to do it you know that's right I, I'm, we can't be hiding our kids from everything it's everywhere like it's right. too late to kids it's everywhere so the best thing is for them to hear from you first instead of hearing it from the world because the world is going to teach them the complete opposite and they're going to learn that first in the schools that's all they're hearing that's all they're seeing why not hear it from your home first from your parents mm -hmm. first you know telling them hey love these people it's wrong what they're doing but let's love these people and let's be the best reflection of jesus that we can be to them 
Yeah, that's and, amazing. So you, you went know, on, you had this attraction and you were just praying, God, please help me. What what happened? I mean, tell us tell us more of the story. Yeah, keep telling us what, what happened. Yeah. yeah, so as I as I grew, I just I learned just to push all these feelings aside. Since I had no one to talk to, didn't have anyone, um, I just I put them to the side. And I remember going to church, I just um, grew up to be on fire for the Lord in the youth, in the teen, on fire for the Lord. But at that age, now things just started to grow more and more. You know, you're growing up, you're becoming a teenager, your emotions, your feelings. Uh, These things were growing up. And again, as a teenager, I had no one to talk to, no openness. Um, If anything, sometimes it was a bit awkward because I would always go with the girls. I would always hang out. With the girls, I was different than the guys. I didn't like anything that the guys did. I didn't like the conversations that the guys would have. I would always go with the girls. And um, there was something that really affected me that they didn't know. Um, one of the um, the friends I had, she was a girl, and she was like, Angel, you're, you're just like the gay best friend, but you're not gay. And mm. that's something wow. that stuck in me because there there's power in the things that you speak in Whoa. and that like really just opened up something in my head and I was like I'm, I'm really gay like this okay. is who I am like, this is just me they're even saying it in church like like they're n- noticing these things like Lord I I, I don't know what to do mm. and, I, and you know, as I grew everything just came stronger and stronger and um you're like a bomb, like a ticking time bomb that's just ready to blow up. Yep. And I remember um, when I was 18, my parents got a divorce and that really affected me because yeah. our family, my family, uh, they were like the uh, the Brady Bunch, the perfect family. Everyone thought that everything was all good to go and then this happens. And wow. it's something that really affected me and it turned my life upside down. And I just took that as an open door, as an excuse you know, to be like, Lord, well, you allowed this to happen. I'm just going to go and live the lifestyle that I've been wanting to live. And that's it. Wow. You kind of just that's forget it. I'm just, what's the use? Yeah. You know? What's the use? Like, life is not going the way that it's going. My parents are not together. I'm alone in this house. I'm done. You know, and that's what I did. I left church um, and I went head on into the gay lifestyle. Um, and it was, you know, everything just came fast. I thought that I was happy in this. But yet in that first year, it was it was weird because I just had this connection still with Jesus. And I, mm. and, you know, and I, was like, I miss worshiping you. I miss Aww. talking to you. Wow. I know this is wrong, but this is just me. And I remember about a, a year and a half after I came back to church and I reconciled w- w- with the Lord. I gave my life to Jesus again. And I said, okay, Lord, I'm, 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 I'm going to try again. I'm going to surrender everything and just do it. And I remember I went, I went hardcore. I, I was, I joined the worship team. I was praying, I was fasting, just, just doing everything that, um, that I could. But I, I. At that point, it. Angel, at that point, I'm just curious. Did you also talk to people at church and tell them what was going on and repent? Or did you just sort of go back to church and start participating? Mm-hmm. So um, there were some people that that kind of knew, but I still wasn't so open about it. So I just okay. came back, and um, and, and um, in a couple months, just started to participate. And um, again, I, I I thought it was gonna be different this time. I, I but I didn't have anyone to talk to. There was still no openness. Um, uh, um, uh, the pastor that I had, I I I didn't feel comfortable sharing anything. Oh. And if anything, I would hear. The men, just I'm talking about the men who were flamboyant, who were soft, who were different, making jokes. So if anything, now I built up a, a wall that was even bigger than I had before, and I, and, you know, and I thought to myself, I, I, I can't trust anyone here. I, right. I, I, I can't talk to no one. I, I don't, I'm not hearing any testimonies. I'm not hearing anyone in this church that's wow. saying, "Hey, we need to save these people." I, I was alone. I still felt away from the men i it was just it was hard and and a, a year a year passed by and and i was like lord i'm i tried wow. lord i i love you i love worshiping you but these things aren't going away you know i was taught that 
freedom was that all your temptations, all your struggles are going to go away and you're not going to feel anything and you're good to go. Oh boy. And now I'm thinking, I, I, I still have these feelings. And I said, Lord, I tried my best. I did what I could, but I'm, I'm mm. gay. It's just me. Mm. And I, I, wow. I'm not going to change ever. And I went back into the lifestyle and and it's it's so wild because it's it's true um, what it says in the word that the spirits are going to come back and test you and see if your temple is empty and if it's empty it's going to bring its seven friends and live in it because this time everything was more intense oh wow it just got even more and more the feelings i had the things that i did um now i was into drugs i um i became a uh, cocaine addict even though at the moment i didn't think i was because it's all fun you know but the moment that you're doing cocaine every day you're doing it at the club you're doing it at work you're doing it at home you're becoming an addict it's just at the moment you don't you know um you don't think it and just mm -hmm. these things came so intense but the thing was that even in the middle of all this the lord would encounter me yeah, I remember that. I, I I would be driving and randomly start weeping under the presence of God, and I would put music on and start worshiping, and just I could I could feel His presence so tangible. I remember that um, that, um there were times I would be in the club, we would be drinking, we'll be drunk, and out of nowhere, I just start to sing worship songs at the club, you know, and just and just <laughs> just go in and sing it like normal, start talking about church and. The beautiful thing was that someone would always join me and they would sing the song. Wow. And those are things that I keep in my head till this day that I tell myself, Angel, there are people that know who Jesus is, just not as deep as you know him right now. And he wants to save them that are in that lifestyle. So many people, and they would tell me, I used to be a worshiper. I used to be a preacher. I was in church my whole life. But because these temptations are just so strong that they just think and feel that that's just who they are and they can't change, you know? And, and it got to the point where I was even having spiritual warfare in my room. And somehow I would have this authority to cast these things out of my room. And at that moment, I couldn't understand because I'm thinking I'm not even going to church. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing all these things. What is it that I still have this authority over me? You know, and at that moment, I could not understand what was going on. But the thing was that in through my lifestyle, I had someone pray for me every day at 4 a.m. in the morning. Really? Wow. I had my mama, 4 a.m. And my dad was, they were praying for me. She actually would text me every day in the morning. I love you. I'm praying for you. Like, oh, they were, wow. Warrior. That's why I felt that when we got on here, warring. praying moms. Warring, mm. warring, warring. And, mm. you know, and the, and the thing was that uh, um, she would not treat me any different every time I was with her. I remember at the moment that I, I came out and, and, and she told me, I will love you even more now. You're my son. Oh, wow. for you. I will never leave your side. But always remember, I will never compromise the word of God. Mm -hmm. yeah. There you go. How did you feel? Did you feel safe with her when she said, I'm going to love you even more than I do now, but I'm not going to compromise? Was there a sense of safety that you felt in that? I, I did. There was, it was the reflection of Jesus that I could see through her. And that was the hope that I had because wow. of the way that she loved me throughout those years, the way that she didn't treat me any different. If anything, she loved me even more. I want those mamas to hear that right now because yeah. I know a lot of moms are trying to figure out how to love their children who have said I'm gay or I'm another gender or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then they think loving them means um, accommodating the lifestyle right. and welcoming the lifestyle. But, right. but that's not what Jesus does. No. Jesus says, I love you anyway. Yeah. Yeah. This is the stand we're taking. And because I love you and I'm going to protect you with truth, but come here, come even closer. What that is an incredible reflection of the heart well, of God. I, I wrote it down. I will love you even more now, but I'm not going to compromise. I thought that is about as perfect as you could ever say it. And I think mm -hmm. that people should write that down. And we could say that to a child yeah. that was struggling with any kind of sin, depression, and they confess suicide. it and they tell us about it. I love you even more now, 
but I, I won't compromise. Wow. So that's powerful. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. Good job, oh, mama. Oh. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. yeah um, there's so many parents that think, you know, now my child is out. Like, I, I don't know how to hang out with him. I don't know how to be with him. I don't know. It's, it's not, it's okay. Go have lunch with your child. Go hang out with your child. If, if anything, they need you even more now. Like I'm so many people, it's, um, um, they just have a void in their hearts and who better than their parents loving on them. Even when you don't agree with them, loving on them, being even closer than, than what you were before, even praying with them because um, that's going to change your mind. Be like, wow. Like I thought that you would think that I'm the devil. I thought you would think, but you're praying with me. You know, um, those kinds of things are the things that we need, you know, because so many parents get awkward like at the moment that this happens and that they don't know how to talk to their child or anything and it's yeah. this is the same thing as any other sin that's you right know, we cannot be treating people different just because it's a gay thing mm -hmm. it's it's mm -hmm. no this is the same thing we approach it the same way that we would approach anything else because who Absolutely. is the first person they need to know they need to know jesus they need to know the person that can transform them right the that we need to do is this is who Jesus is, and not even talk about the 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 sin or, or the 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 same sex right. attraction. No, this is who Jesus is. This is the person. Something something that I'm thinking about really quick. I just think this is important for our audience, and it fits what you're talking about. Is that I have a friend who's a mother, and her adult son is just an unbeliever. Okay. So he's in sin because he's an unbeliever. So he's not following Jesus. He's not living for Jesus at all. Um, he's not any, in any certain lifestyle, but she had the revelation from the Holy spirit that she was to be the same her that she is with her other children who are believers. Like, yeah. like you said, pray, even pray with them. So, so sometimes I think all of a sudden we're like, well, you don't, you obviously don't want to hear uh, the I testimony that got me excited at church last Sunday. So I'm going to tell these kids, but I'm not mm -hmm. going to tell this kid that's not a believer or is in sin right now. And I think that's the very thing that we should do is we should just be us with everyone. And that means we're going to pray before the meal, or we're going to pray with them if we, or we've got a word and we, we give it, or we we're excited about a testimony and we share it. So yeah. I think that's an important thing, but yeah, keep going on your story because I know it's, 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 it's moving into when yeah. that might happened. So much to talk it's about. moving into your freedom. It's moving into the freedom. So we want to hear about that part. Yes. Yeah. You know. So all these things, um, um, they were happening in in those years. I was in the lifestyle, and um, 2016 came around, and already in that year, I was already over it. I was fed up with living in that lifestyle. I was tired. I I, I was 26 at the moment, and the way that I was living, you know, I. I had the money that I wanted. I had the guys that I wanted. I had the things that I wanted. But yet there was just something missing. There was a void. And I knew, I knew what I needed to do. But it was just, I was just so consumed in that. I was so bounded up in that that I, I didn't know how to come out of it. Everything that I did, my life was revolved around the gay lifestyle. This is who I was. This is who I became for eight years. That was my idea. Identity, you know, um, so the moment that you you try to come out of it, you don't know who you are. Mm. You don't know what it, it's not easy. You know, it, it, it's 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 not a thing that you're like, okay, I'm coming to Jesus and everything's going to change at them. No, it's a process. Like this is who you were for years. This is all you knew for years. You know, so um, that year, I remember I started to pray, and I just I, I, I would tell the Lord, I'm I'm tired of this. I miss you. I want to worship you. I, I, I don't know what to do. I'm trying to do it on my own. I just don't know. And I remember April uh, 2016 came around and I was in my room. I was in my bed. I remember this day. I was in my bed and I uh, was just um, talking to the Lord. And I said, Lord, I, I'm really tired now. I want to come back to you. I need to come back to you. I obviously can't do it in my own strength, Lord. And I call this the dangerous prayer. And I said, Lord, allow me to go through whatever I need to go through for me to come back to you. I, I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is. And it's crazy because at the moment that I told my mom that I prayed this, she said, you know what one of my prayers was? 
make your son, bring my son back to you. And I don't care what it is, just bring him back to you. So we were both praying these same prayers, just a mother and then the person, you know, and, and I said, Lord, just, just, I, I need you. I need you in my life. I need you. And I totally forgot about that prayer and I kept on living the life. And, um, June, June 11 came around and I was at work that day in downtown Orlando and I was, uh, let go early at work. So I leave work. I was feeling a bit scruffy. Um, so I just said, go get a haircut. I got a haircut. I come back home. What happens? So when you get a haircut, you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, okay, I, I have to go out tonight. I need to do something. I look good. Because <laughs> I was feeling a little hungover. So I'm like, I'm not going to go out today. No. But then I got, you know, I got the haircut. I was like, okay, let's see, what, you know, let's see what we can do. I had a friend in town. Um, so I, you know, and I started getting the text, Hey, what are you doing tonight? So I said, okay, cool. Let's go out. Um, so I got my outfit, I got the bottle and I went to, um, to a house party before going out. Um, we were all there. And then from there, all of us decided to go to Pulse nightclub. We went there, we were dancing, we were drinking, uh, throughout the night, had laughs. Uh, and then, um, they call last call. So I go ahead, I got my last drink came back into the main dance floor and at 2 or 2 a.m. was when everything changed. My life changed completely. I remember I was just talking to my friends. There were people starting to say their goodbyes. There were some people still dancing. And uh, out of nowhere, I just hear a loud pop in the right of my ear. It was so close. I hear pop. I see an orange flash. I remember I jumped, I got scared. I dropped my drink. And right there, it just started pop, 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 really fast. Um, my first thought was run. So I remember I'm turning to my left and I ran about two or three steps. And that's when I just started feeling uh, taps behind my legs. And I just, I fell forward. Um, and I, I didn't know, I was only about um, 10 feet away from the shooter when everything started. So I was shot instantly in my legs and I remember I fell and in seconds, the club is in complete chaos. Uh, you hear the screams, um, people are jumping over each other, trampling each other. You're hearing the shots going on. You see the orange flash from the gun. Um, and at that moment, I tried to stand back up, even though I knew I, I was shot and try to get back up. And I remember I felt someone jump on me. I, uh, I could feel their legs on my legs and i remember i just hear a loud snap over the music over the screens i hear a snap and i remember feeling the most excruciating pain i've ever felt um the person was on me um trampled me and um broke my leg and i remember i i just fell back down on the floor and i thought to myself i can't i can't go anywhere my left leg is broken my right leg is shot all I could do is just cover my head. And every time I look up, I, I, I see bodies falling one by one. Everyone's trying to exit this one door. Um, and I just cover my head. And at this moment, this moment I, I, I hear um, the shooter outside. There was a, a patio. So I just took that moment to, and, and to lift my head up and just look around and I just see bodies everywhere. And um, and I'm you know I I I I start to hit myself. I start to pinch myself. I tell myself, Angel, this is a nightmare. This is a nightmare. Just get up, wake up. Mm -hmm. This is this is not real. Get up. Um, and I, it, there's a lady that fell right next to me, and she was in pain. So I um, grabbed her by the hand. She was a mom. She was older. She was there with her. And I I remember I grabbed her hand. I told her, Hey, we're gonna be just fine. Just calm down. We're gonna be okay. And um, while we're there, I hear some steps um, coming in uh, into the door, and I just have my my head down, and I start to hear pops again. But this time it was different. It was slow. You could hear pop, 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 and then I come to realize that the shooter is now in the room and he's shooting everyone that's on the ground, and he's yeah. um finished his job he's a 
shooting everyone on the ground. And I hear the shots coming closer and closer and the lady's in, in pain. She's, you know, um, yelling really loud. And I tell her, you have to be quiet. Pretend you're dead, close your eyes, just don't move, he's coming our way. And I remember I told myself, Angel, put your hand over your head, close your eyes, don't move, don't breathe, don't do anything, just pretend you're dead as much as you can. And at that moment, I remember I hear a loud pop again, just like the first one that I heard, pop. And I remember I opened my eyes, I got scared, I opened my eyes, and I remember seeing the body of the lady jump up and down. Her hand lets loose of my hand, and I look at her face and her eyes shut. Mm. And in the inside, I'm panicking. I'm thinking, never would I have thought that I was gonna see someone get murdered right in front of my face. Oh, wow. I'm trying to help. I'm holding her hand. He just killed her. Now I'm panicking inside because he knows I'm alive. I'm holding her hand. I'm right next to her. He knows I'm alive. I could f feel him right behind me. Mm. And, but the thing was, it was like if time froze. Nothing happened at the moment. He's behind me. I feel him, but I just hear quiet. And at that moment, I'm thinking to myself, okay, Angel, I think this is a time the Lord has given you to make peace with him because you're about to die. I'm out in the open. There's nothing covering me. He shot everyone that's on the ground. I'm next. You're about to die, Angel. And I remember I started to pray in my head. I started to ask the Lord for forgiveness. Lord, I'm sorry for living this way. I'm sorry that I left your side. You never left my side. I'm sorry for doing that, but please take me with you. I'm about to die. I'm sorry for everything that I've done. Um, and it was coming. You're not even praying to live. You're praying to be able to live with him after this is over. Yeah, I'm like, Lord, just just take me with you, please. But it, But still, he was just there. Nothing was happening. And something just clicked in my head and I felt like there was spiritual warfare going on on top of me. And I remember um, something just told me, change your prayer. And I started to prophesy over my life in my head. I said, no. I said, Lord, I'm going to leave here alive today. You mm -hmm. promised me that there was purpose in my life that hasn't been fulfilled. So that means I'm going to leave here alive today. You promised my mom that her baby had purpose in life that hasn't been fulfilled. So I'm going to leave here alive today. And I kept on praying in my head. And I told him, the moment that I leave here, I'm going to testify of what you're going to do in my life. I'm going to worship you for the rest of my life. I'm, I'm going to live for you. And I just kept on praying that in my head over and over and over again. And I remember the moment that I said amen in my head. I said, amen, and right there I hear, pop. And I remember I felt my body jump up and down. I feel pain and heat in my in the hip area. And I'm starting to realize I'm being shot all over again. And I see black. And I thought to myself, Angel, you're, you're dead. Mm. And I remember um, hearing... Um, steps going into the other room and I hear the shots not going on. And at that moment, I, I, I opened my eyes, realized I was there, I was alive. And at that moment, I just started to thank God. It was as if that prayer that I made while I was prophesying over my life, it was a prayer that of protection. It was like if the Lord just hugged me because the moment that I was being shot again, I didn't move, I didn't yell, I didn't twitch, I didn't do anything. I took the shots like nothing and I was just laying down on the ground. It was as if the Lord was just protecting me and just holding me and telling me it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay, it's gonna be okay. And I'm just thanking the Lord that I'm alive and at this moment I see some flashlights through the door and it's the cops trying to come in, they're trying to see who's alive. I put my hand up and they come to me as quiet as, as they can be, uh, so the shooter do, uh, doesn't hear them. And I t tell the officer, can you please carry me? I can't feel my legs, I can't walk, I can't move. And he tells me, I can't carry you because of a procedure, because there's bodies on the ground, but I can drag you out of here. And I said, it, it's okay, just do whatever you have to do. And I remember at that moment, he grabs me, turns me over, and he starts to run. And at that moment, I. I feel a mix of emotions. I'm, I feel a 
relief that I'm being taken out of the building. But at the same time, I'm scared because I hear the shots going on. I'm thinking he's going to hear us. He's going to run back in the room and start shooting. And then at the same time, I, I feel pain in my legs because now I'm being dragged over uh, the glass that's on the ground and I feel the yeah. cuts on my legs opening up. But at the same time, I'm just telling him, run, 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 just get me out of here, please. And by the grace of God, he got me outside across the street. And um, and I could, I, again, outside, I could just thank the Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. As I'm hearing shots inside of the club still going on. And um, I could uh, go on more and more of, uh, of the night, but uh, I'm gonna cut it short. I made it to the hospital and a lot happened at the hospital. Um, and um, finally I was taken into surgery that day at like 10 a.m., 10.30 a.m. Mm -hmm. Because it was just uh, so much going on that I didn't expect all the bodies, all the operations had to go on right there at the same time out of nowhere. Wow. and. Um, but um, by the grace of God, I made it out. Um, I was shot. Um, up, um, 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 they told me approximately six times. Wow. Um, so they say um, they don't know exactly the amount. They just put together the other bullets that they could find uh, in me. Um, and um, you know, at that moment, it was when the true process uh, started. And, um, and people say, you know, people ask me. You know, um, was that the hardest part of your journey? And I'm like, no, in reality, the hardest part, it started the moment that I got to the hospital when when I realized what I told the Lord in that, in that floor was now I'm going to yeah. worship you. I'm going to testify. Yeah. What I'm gonna you do. meant it. <laughs> and I meant it, yeah. And I meant it. And a lot, a, a lot happened. I was in the hospital for um, three weeks, um, discharged. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I went to church, I gave my life to Jesus. Um, you know, and I, and I, and I started to recover, but I, now it was a point where I, I, I had to learn how to walk physically, but also spiritually as well. Yeah. Um, because I just, you know, I, I, I had to lose the, um, this identity that I had, but the thing was, I was, I was the first live interview after everything happened about um, two days. Whoa. They, um, they they asked me, hey Angel, can you do a, a small press conference just to share uh, some things that happened um, that night? And I said, okay, that's fine. Uh, um, and they grabbed me, um, and as they were strolling me into the room, they opened the door, and there was hundreds of cameras, hundreds of people, just everyone waiting to hear mm -hmm. the first um, survivor the first person that can share what happened inside of the club. And I remember I, I shared, um, so the moment that I was um, discharged from the hospital, um, all these events um, uh, um, started going on because of, you know, it was it was known around the world, everything that happened. So I, as I recovered, came back to church, gave my life to Jesus, um, started to live, you know, um, for, 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 for Jesus. But at the same time, because I'm part of this, tragedy i'm i'm doing these events i i i'm starting to fly out to new york to california i'm doing these interviews. i i i'm i'm starting to get these offers for for a, a, a reality tv show of my life after mm -hmm. to get an offer for a movie of my life wow. um, I, I started to work um, with this company speaking at colleges about love, hope, and positivity for the LGBTQ community, um, um, making thousands for just speaking for an hour. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, things are uh, starting to look um, good again. You know, even though this happened, I'm like, okay, I yeah, thank you, Lord, for this. The thing that I didn't realize was that the enemy was now starting to use the fame and the fortune okay. and lure me back into the lifestyle. Because I was so involved now in the LGBTQ community because of this tragedy, yeah, I, I started to slowly go back into that lifestyle, mm -hmm. being in church at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I think, like now things were just even more confusing now to me because I was still dealing with PTSD um, and this tragedy, but trying to live for, for Jesus. I had all these voices in my head. Oh yeah, and, 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 yeah, all these confusion. Um, um, uh, uh, and I started arguing with the Lord, and I said, "Lord, I went through this tragedy. I gave my life to you, 
but you haven't taken these temptations away from me. I was like, I, I was like, I thought I was gonna have freedom. I thought that I was gonna, I wasn't gonna feel anything anymore. I thought that just everything was gonna go away, you know. So I just had these months, uh, a whole year, year and a half after the tragedy happened, where I was battling, battling, mm -hmm. battling until mm -hmm. again there was a night where I broke down and I said, Lord, I know my life is for you, but what does it look like? Now I, I'm known in this tragedy. Now I'm I'm known in this in this city in this state because of this tragedy. I'm I'm being a voice for this, and I'm helping people with PTSD, with trauma, with tragedy. But I'm not living for you the way that I told you I was gonna live for you. Mm -hmm. And he told mm -hmm. me, Angel, at that moment, he was like, Angel, you need to make a decision. Yeah. And he, he said, if anything, you're living worse now than what you were before oh wow you're living in both waters you're in church and you're out and you're doing things for both he said you need to make a decision it's either the world or me yeah okay and he said, and he said it's it's time to share it's time to be real it's time to share where i'm taking you out of and where i'm taking you to yeah and i told the lord i'm scared i'm gonna lose everything I'm going to lose, you know, all, all, all these things that were coming my way. I'm going to lose it, Lord. I don't know what to do. And he said, in order for you to enter into a new level of boldness in me, this is a step that you need to take. Mm -hmm. And I remember I, I told the Lord, okay. And that night I broke down and and I said, Lord, I, I, I surrender to you. I, 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 I give you these struggles. I give you these temptations. Mm -hmm. But not all of my heart take everything of me take everything just i'm yours do whatever you want with me and at that moment the holy spirit said angel that's all he's been wanting from you for you to give him everything and he'll take care of your baggage you know and i i'm the lord told me angel even if you weren't gay you were still a hot mess there was so much more <laughs> in your heart there was so much more in your heart that had to be restored yeah. you know yeah. and and um, that was the key to where I was starting to find true freedom. It was That's focusing good. so much on my same sex attraction mm -hmm. that I lost focus on the person that can transform me. That's all right. I prayed, Come on. All, all I prayed was, Lord, change me. I want to be straight. I'm changing the way I talk. Change the way I dress. Change this. Change that. Change this. And he's like, what about me? <laughs> Are you going to love go. me? Know me? There you go. Like, and and um, that's where I was. I lost. I was lost in translation. Yeah. I was praying for the wrong yeah. things. I focused. Mm. I was making my, my sin my idol. That's all. Yeah. That's all I wanted to talk about. When there was so much more going on. You know, I'm. I'm. For example, even even people around me, the people that were praying for me, they were only praying. You know, for the Lord to take away these temptations and take all that. When mm -hmm. yeah. never. Nope that I was addicted to cocaine mm -hmm. because they were just so focused on same-sex attraction. And, yeah. and I had so much more that the Lord had to um, deliver me from, you know? And, and, and at that moment, there was so much clarity, so much mm -hmm. clarity. And he said, Angel, now go share. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I was so scared. I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to Well, do? Angel. Ooh. Amazing. Let me, let me just interrupt you just because we're running out of time. But... Yeah. I know that people can find you and hear more about your story and yeah. hear more about how you are helping other people be transformed to know Jesus. Yes. And in, in this area specifically, but in all the other areas, I loved how you said that. So would you do this? Um, would you just close us in prayer? And we're going to have in our show notes, we're going to have how people can find you, how they can get more we are blown away by your, your ministry today and you, your ministry. Oh yeah. Which is yes. Which I love is called fearless, fearless identity. identity. You're the co-founder yes. of fearless identity. And I just know there's so many people listening that are saying, okay, I want that. Yeah. I, I've, I've, and, and, and they're even going, wait a minute. I've prayed that I've prayed. Yeah. God take this from yes. me. I want to be straight. I want you to change me. You know, even though we don't share the same story in that way, I had a, a wounding in my heart, Angel, 
that expressed itself in other ways that were shameful and it was sin and it broke my heart and it broke God's heart. But he did the same to me. He asked Mm -hmm. me to refocus my attention on the one who laid his life down for me. And as soon as I began to look at Jesus and stop being so concerned about perfection coming out of me, I began to heal inwardly. And what I'm hearing you say is that God brought you through healing. Now, our woundedness gets expressed all different ways. Some people go into, you know, having rage and abuse and addictions, you know, call it whatever. But God is the healer and he wants to heal our hearts. And so um, I I just admire, um, I admire you for not leaving it at one or two prayers, but Mm -hmm. just knowing because you, you, you tasted and you, the Lord, and you said, he is good. You knew that as a child and you kept coming back to that. You kept saying, wait a minute, God is good. And I just know there's people listening right now that they are saying, that's me. I want Jesus. I want to be back with the Lord. And what I'm hearing you say is get your eyes on Jesus. Instead of being sin conscience, we need to be sun conscience. We need to go back to the sun. What did, what did Jesus do for us? Literally for us, he climbed up on a cross for you. It's wild. It's wild. I've never had anybody lay their life down for me except for him. Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever taken a bullet for me. No one's ever stepped in front of a train for me. Nobody's ever said, Jenny, I'll die for you except for Jesus yeah. himself died for me. And so um, it, it's this love affair between you and God that yeah. rescued you from this thing. It wasn't you muscling out. Your flesh mm-hmm. couldn't do this. And, and I have so much compassion for people that are being tormented and enslaved to something. And they're just thinking, I'm, I've had people tell me, Jenny, I've prayed, God, take this from me. I don't want to be gay. I want to be. And, I, and, and, and what you're doing is you're redirecting people. We'd love for you to pray. Also, um, if there's any last words you have for that person listening, um, you know, maybe a prayer that you can pray mm-hmm. for them right now or send them into a honest conversation with God that you believe will really help set them free. We're just going to give this to you here at the end. For those that are watching and that are struggling, remember key number one is focus on Jesus. Don't focus on your struggle, on your sin. Focus on the man who can transform your life. Focus on getting to know his love, his word as deep as you can go. And you will see the transformation going through your life just because of getting to know his love. So let's pray. Uh, Let's pray together. All right. Yes. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for another day, Lord, that you've you've given us another day to worship you, another day to love you, another day to get to know you better, Father God, Lord. At this moment, we pray over those that are watching this show, Father God, Lord, over those who are struggling at this moment, Lord. I pray that right now, Lord, you enter into that room and, and let them feel your presence so tangible that they know that you are by their side. Yes, even if they're struggling, even if they're in this lifestyle, let them know that you love them and you are ready to welcome them with open arms, Father God, Lord. I pray over their lives, over their minds, Lord. Invade their space, invade their minds, Father God, Lord. Let them feel your love, Lord. Let them feel the joy that you can bring to them, Father God, Lord. I pray, Lord, any voices that are trying to get into their heads, Lord, and tell them that they are what they feel and tell them that they are what this world is telling them. I pray right now that you take out those voices, Lord. I cast out those voices in the name of Jesus, Lord, and let them hear your voice. I pray clarity over their minds, Father God, Lord, that they can hear you and only you, Father God, Lord. I pray over the parents, over those people that are are, 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 are praying for their sons, for their brothers, Lord, for their friends, Lord. I pray, Lord, that, that you increase their faith, Lord, increase their boldness, Father God, Lord. But I also pray, Lord, that they can pray for their own hearts, Father God, Lord, that they can see everyone through your lens, that they will see the people through your lens, not through, not by their struggle, not by their sin, but they can see them through your lens because the way that you see people is what you have called them, Lord. So I pray right now, Father God, Lord, increase the love, Lord, increase the compassion in our hearts for everyone, Lord. In your beautiful name we pray, amen and amen. Amen. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much, Angel. Everybody go check out the show notes, see how that you can connect with his ministry, his life, his story, and let's see people get saved, set free, and delivered because Jesus loves every one of us. And anybody that is um, locked up in something, it's not too much for God. God can free everybody. 
when we come to him. So thank you so much, Angel. God bless you. And we look forward to having you another time. Yes. Bye guys. Okay. Thank you, my friend. That was absolutely incredible, Shauna. Um, You know what I was thinking about was in Luke 9, there is, you know, these disciples are going out and they're casting out demons and they're doing great things because they now have this incredible ability to cast out demons. And this one guy comes to Jesus with his son and his son is foaming at the mouth. He's riddled by demons. Demons are throwing him on the ground. I mean, it's horrible. And this guy comes to Jesus and says, can you cast this demon out of my son? Your disciples couldn't do it. So Jesus takes this uh, boy and it says in Luke 9, 41, I believe it is, he says, and Jesus rebukes the unclean spirit and it comes out of the boy. And the Lord brought me to that word rebuke. And it is the Greek word epitimio. I had to really think about that when I saw it. But what it means, the word rebuke means, and this is totally connected to our conversation today. The word rebuke actually means to hold at such high value and honor that you will charge against, you'll stand against it. Because you have so much honor and value. The word rebuke, I'm going to say it again, is not just casting a demon out. Right. See, the disciples figure that out. They go, yeah. okay, I got some authority here. I can cast out demons. But there are some demons that we have to pray and fast. They don't come out without fasting. However, this spirit was so strong in this boy that the value for the boy had to be so high that there was a charge and authority that came because of high honor. The word rebuke actually means high value, high honor, and then charge against it. And when I saw that, the Lord was like, and that's what it's going to take to see that unclean spirit be cast out of LGBTQ, but also our children. That's what we do as mothers. We right. we hold our children at such high value that we're like, no, you're not going to do that. No, right. you're not going to believe that. Right. No. And like his mama, I love you even more but I will not compromise. And right. I, th- when he said that, I thought of the word rebuke because that's what it means. I love you even more. However, no is my answer. Mm-hmm. I will not compromise. Yeah. And so let's go in the strength. Go, right. Let's go in that revelation that Jesus held such esteem and honor for us as his sons and daughters that he refused to let us be tormented by the devil. Amen. So we bless all of you with such an incredible ability to love people who are trapped in sin. And guess what? That was you and I anyway. We know what it feels like. You and I were trapped in sin. Everybody on here, nobody has met the glory of God. We all fall short of the glory of God, but it is Jesus Christ that sets us free because he loves us so very much and he loves you. So be free, be cleansed. Even if this isn't your story today, we just pray right now that you will actually be free from any tormenting spirit that has been bothering you, harassing you, and convict uh, not convicting you, actually accusing you, but the one who convicts us of sin is the one who convinces us of his love. So be free, seriously, in Jesus' name. We tell every demon right now that is harassing you to get off of you in the name of Jesus because your value is so great to the kingdom. Be free to use your voice and go do what God's asked you to do in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for being with us today, and we'll see you next time for Don't Mess With Our Kids.